0: Mike McNamara in for a Thursday edition of All-Marine Radio, right here on the All-Warrior Radio Network. And normally, I kind of open the show with uh, something that's happened. And give you some thoughts on that. But I'm not going to do that today. Um, I'm going to play for you something re- we recorded Tuesday night uh, with uh, Tim and Will and Jeff and I. And uh, I have to say it's pretty It's pretty disturbing. Um, the conversation we get into um, because the ongoing investigation and the Marine Corps' handling of the 15th MU uh, incident in which eight Marines were killed and one sailor um, does not inspire confidence at any level. And um, I just finished listening to it for the third time and uh, it troubles me deeply and then you hear you see the assistant commandant of the marine corps this past monday testifying and in testimony you'll hear on on monday on the show i'll play the the uh the testimony of general thomas and general Olson in their entirety and then you know general Olson's quote 20 years of landborne operations have caused us to lose some of our amphibious edge That's bullshit, as you'll hear in in this. you know the Marine Corps has been out of Afghanistan for what eight years for the most part. Amtraks were never there, as Jeff points out in what you're going to hear, and so uh, to me, it's very discouraging when Congress isn't even looking at the right problem. How does it get fixed? so um I'm not gonna I will blowviate no more uh about this uh I won't do the show as I normally do it this morning uh what I will do is uh is offer you uh something we recorded the other night uh We start out discussing uh Pearl Harbor because uh, I was there, and then we talk about an article written by uh, a call, a former colleague of all of ours, by the name of Franz Geil, and um, and you'll hear that, and then uh, and then we we begin to talk about uh, the quote unquote suspension of the Inspector General of the Marine Corps, General Bob Caselvi, uh, somebody who we all know. And, um, we talk about that as on on the eve of Marine Corps testimony in front of Congress. So why was that done? Well, certainly, the optics of it don't look good, and so it's just it's just a situation that doesn't seem to be getting better and then when you see people testifying in public, they're making excuses. And that is not the Marine Corps way. The Marine Corps way is to say, yes, we fucked this up. Yes, we have a problem, and we're going to fix it. Not to say, yeah, well, 20 years in the desert, blah, blah. Well, guess what? We haven't been in the desert. Our Amtrak's haven't been in the desert for 20 years. The only desert they've been close to in the last 20, in the last eight, at least, maybe more, since they weren't in Afghanistan, that, that means when we took them out of Iraq, that's the last time they've been there. What is that, 12 years ago? So what's the excuse now? That's why you don't make excuses. So I don't want to get spun up here. So let me offer you uh, my friends, uh, Will, Tim, and Jeff, the Mensa brothers, um, here on a Thursday. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. (laughs) Like our
1: chicken and cold beer on a Friday night.
0: I don't use that very often, but I thought it would be appropriate to, tonight. Joining me from Southern California is uh, Jeff Kenny, uh, known as Jeffrey to his mother. Jeff, how are you?
1: Good, Mac. You look how are like you?
0: I'm good. You look like you've lost a lot of weight. Well, I
1: haven't, unfortunately. It's, it's just my head looks skinnier, I guess.
0: <laughs> All right. It must be the background. And from McAllen, Texas. Out,
1: I'm a fucking limp. God damn it. From, McAllen,
0: <laughs> from McAllen, Texas. <laughs> Unpleasant subject. <laughs> Tim Lynch joins me. <laughs>
2: Timmy, how are you? Doing fine, Mac. Thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. And uh, from uh, Kansas City, Kansas, uh, William Constantini joins me. Will... Joins us. Will how are you?
3: I'm Grant Mac.
0: All well here in the Midwest. Why don't we get a little weather update? Timmy, how about McAllen, Texas? How's
2: the weather? The uh, weather is warm and cloudy and and uh looks like a little bit of rain coming our way, but it's uh it's typical May. So highs in the nineties.
0: Mid nineties, low nineties, high nineties?
2: Low 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 nineties right now. And, but it went, once the cloud cover goes away and the sun comes out. That's a hundred, hundred and five. It just bakes.
0: And uh, humidity?
2: Humidity right now is high because we got a weather system coming in off the Gulf that's affecting our weather. So when the when the when the when the weather comes in from that direction, it's pretty humid. When it comes in from the north, it's pretty dry.
0: Wow, that's yeah. a pretty comprehensive yeah. weather report right there. Well done. There you go, man. All
2: right,
0: Will? well, well,
3: you want the weather for Tuesday night or for Thursday?
0: of Thursday of course.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's sunny in uh low 60s here in Kansas on Thursday morning.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: that's interesting. Jeff, how about the weather in Southern California?
1: It's another perfect day, you know, almost. No, are you sunny, moving? i let's talk huh? about
0: let's talk about personal issues first before we talk about any kind of business. <laughs> um are you moving anytime soon? Yes.
1: Or? Well, I'm moving my I'm shifting my flag from san clemente to Las north las vegas nevada so i closed on that house we closed on the house uh last week seems like a thousand centuries ago but uh and we took a 26 foot u-haul full of stuff up there so by the end of yeah by the end of uh may lori drove the thing the whole way because i'm not to be trusted um my peripheral vision so anyways uh by the end of may we'll all be we'll be in there, but I'll be staying down here uh to work at my current job until uh, I get another one so i'll gonna, come home I'll go home to Vegas like once every ten days or so got it you know got it got it well congrats. Yeah, just, you guys you all invited out there because once we get it squared away it's big and it's uh it's got a pool which I tried out i almost it was very cold <laughs> so I almost had a I almost had a stroke but are uh, you gonna heat it I don't think it's going to be necessary because of the uh, – Well,
0: we'll the be st- the judge of that. Right? The last thing any of us needs yes. is a fucking yes. cold-ass pool. Will, though, you know his penchant for gaming, you know, he might he – I might, think so, Yeah, He might move in.
3: I would say, though, Jeff, just think you could have had a 16-foot U-Haul if you would have given back all those books you
1: stole. You could have well, that's the amazing thing about this. As we, as we went through the garage here, there was like 10 boxes of books. And a couple of them are <laughs> books donated from Will Constantini. So, and I had another one that just said Nangahar on it. I think those are ones I probably stole from Tim. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, you might be able, I might be able to actually recoup those. Those are all in Vegas now. So, yeah. Again, though, you could add a sixteen
3: footer instead of a. Hey, 16-footer. how much
2: fun would it be to go through his go through his books and start looking and seeing where they all came from? I'm, I bet you, I bet you, find names you you hadn't
1: thought of in twenty years. Maybe, but yeah. I think uh, I'm, I've given away more books than I've stolen. No, that, uh, no doubt. Nobody, like
0: nobody fucking way. believes that. You don't realize I, I what a prolific kleptomaniac. I it, you guys read
1: them anyway. So <laughs> yeah,
2: who's that?
1: <laughs> so yeah, no. of all the books, <laughs> of all the books
0: you, of all the books yeah. you own, do you have a prize book? Of all the books you own, do you have a prize book, Jeff? When you prize above all others,
1: yes. What is it? I got this, and I have it here. I got this Life magazine book of uh, Vietnam, and it's all the pictures from all the issues they did about Vietnam. And it's in a like you got to pull it out of this like case. And the front cover of it is the these. It's a captain on a hill, covered with mud and blood, and bandaged up, and is. Company gunny, the black dude, is trying to get to him, and he's all shot up too. And all the grunts are around. They've they've uh they made a hasty perimeter on this thing. And some of them are, you know, worried about the captain, and some of them are uh digging holes, and some of them are eating fucking um, eating sea rats and shit, laughing with each other and stuff. So it's like your typical marine scene. But uh, and it was I think uh um, David Douglas Duncan took that picture, a guy or a guy named Burrows, but it's a uh, Time, Time Magazine, or no Life Magazine. You know, um, pictures of Vietnam, and it's a great book, and it has good, you know, pretty much uh, even-handed history of the thing too. You,
0: so. so you would—that's your prize book. That is, yeah,
1: it's like a book that uh, you, you look through it, and it's, the pictures are real compelling. I got another one like that. But I got, how, um, how does Raymond have this favorite book as a book of pictures? Yeah, as a book of pictures. That makes no
0: fucking sense to shit me. You more
2: books than anybody I know. Yeah,
0: you know? that's like fucking ridiculous. You're like a fucking what picture guy
1: all of a sudden? What the fuck? Well, uh, I'm multilingual, you know, so, <laughs> you know. It's the images that really appeal to me. And then there's this Collier's book about World War II that – one of my uncles brought back, and man, that's fucking great too. It starts in that, it starts in the Spanish Civil War, and ends with, of course, the bomb on Nagasaki. You know, but uh, and it's the uh, same thing. But there's there's caption, there's articles in there. It's just moment. Uh, mostly it's these, you know, these pictures.
0: Okay, Timmy, do you have a do you have a prize book in your library?
2: Yeah, I have I have an original or or the first edition uh, Lonesome Duff, hard hardcover. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, and I love that damn book. I mean, I love the story.
0: I don't even know what it's about.
2: Oh, uh, It's the best Western ever, brother. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: You want to know the best Western gunfight scene I've ever seen in my life? Sure. Well, I hope you do because you're going to hear of it. Um, it's called – Let me
1: guess. Let me guess. Um, open Range.
0: Free ra- yeah, Open Range.
1: Yep. That, oh,
0: if you want to see a, a great bet. fucking gunfight scene,
2: yeah,
0: it's fucking awesome. I Kevin, watched
2: that not two weeks ago. For yeah. a, and I hadn't watched it in twenty years or so.
0: It you starts know, I, I out. It's Robert Duvall, right? And uh-huh. uh, and Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, and they're all they're going to get whacked, but they're going to go down shooting, and you know this. And Kevin Costner, right? <laughs> they he, they walk down the street. He's a former gunslinger, and this this prick guy wearing a bowler you know right they said like what's uh you know what's the problem he's like you killed our friend and then this the the prick the big guy in the bowler says yeah and and he says something shitty about it and and i killed the other
1: i shot the boy too and i I shot the
0: boy too And, and kevin costner shoots him right between the fucking eyes (laughs)
1: <laughs> right yeah. just
0: boom and it's on at close range and they're shooting all over the place everyone else it is the that. best let me tell you if jeff kenny and i agree on the best gunfight scene ever take that shit to the yeah. fucking bank thank you very yeah, much
1: good.
0: all right hold on and we got to get wh-
1: to in every movie since gone to win so yeah <laughs> robert duvall He's
0: shoots done. this dude through a wall yeah but at the end of the gunfight they take kevin costner's girl like there's a girl. Who is it? And it's Anna. it's, yeah, it's, a
1: doc- uh, it's a doctor's Sister. Ann Benning.
0: Ann Benning. It's uh, yeah, Dustin Benning. Hoffman. Dustin. What's the guy's name? Warren Beatty's wife, right? Yeah. Right. So the dude has this mix, son of a bitch, right? Ah, right. He's got a gun to her head, and he's like, "Don't come near me." And Kevin Costner's just staring at him. And then he smokes him in the head about three times, but he shoots him like nine times. It's awesome. He's staggering yeah. down, and Kevin Costner like buries him in the mud with a mud with Will's pistol. Look at
1: do that from your own <laughs> laying dead and dying. Exactly. Drop the head and dying. <laughs> yeah.
0: When you drop dead and, and dying. You women,
1: you women, get a hold of your men, <laughs> or I'll be putting you out in the cold prairie. <laughs> I go, what a guy. He ain't a no leprechaun, let me
0: tell you. Kevin Costner <laughs> shoots him about 15 <laughs> fucking times, but it's a great gunfight. Uh, Will, do you have a favorite? Do you have a, a, a prize book?
3: I, I have two. One, which I'm not sure if it's here or at my parents' house, is a copy of Seven Pillars of Wisdom. Uh, you know, story of uh, Lawrence of Arabia yeah. that my grandmother gave to my grandfather before they were married. And she, wow. for her Christmas present, was like, Merry Christmas, 1935 or 36. Wow. And then the other one, which I have here somewhere, is uh, a copy of my grandfather was in the 84th Infantry Division in World War Two, And it's the unit history that they wrote. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's a very good unit history. It's, it's dry, but they wrote it as they went along. They didn't write it at the end. And uh, it's, you know, the division went across Omaha Beach in November, went right into the line at the Battle of the Bulge, and was basically in the line all the way through VE Day. And yeah. so it just, uh, uh, you know, those are my two sort of prize books. And I'm not even, they might both might be in my parents. I think the division one is here, but I think the other one is.
1: I don't know that
0: price. it could be your prize book, but you can't locate it. I don't know. I I don't think that's like.
1: Well, well I, I think. I remember you telling me about that book.
0: Yeah. My, if it's your prize book, I think you know where the fuck it is.
1: Well, you might leave it because
3: maybe your your mother or father might want to read it yeah leave it there then i don't think it's your prize book i think
0: it's their prize book i don't think you can
3: and also if it's in upstate new york there's one person that can't steal it from you (laughs) don't
1: be so sure (laughs) (laughs) you know there's prize books like like for instance that the books will just said um seven pillars of wisdom is a a classic book but if you but if a hundred people read of it read it Twenty of them will hang themselves, they will commit suicide <laughs> because it's dry as hell, and there's so there's that's a book that but you know the value of it, and you know it 's good, but then there's other books, like for instance um, Volume one through six of penhouse letters that 's <laughs> another favorite type of book, right, and you know you can 't get away from some of the quotes there son, I
0: was in a small midwestern, midwestern college,
1: college. you can 't beat literature like that but you can't really brag about it, you know? So it's like
0: one of right. those things. No, 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 no. You know what, no, you know, when they came out with the ba- the big, the big, <laughs> the big bound versions, that was an impressive literary leap forward for the, the whole penthouse. Not that I, I saw very many volumes of that, but I did notice them in the PX on occasion. And, uh, no. that was an incredible yeah. literary leap forward. <laughs> my uh, let me tell you, <laughs> will
1: turn into a dog. What
0: happened? Exactly, <laughs> will you forgot, forgot, um,
1: to forgot to shave? Um, forgot to shave.
0: My favorite books, my prize books. So prize connotes Um, unlike what we shit on Jeff Ford, not. I mean, it could be any book. It's just your prize book, right? It doesn't have to be literary. Mine are, are three books my mother bought me. She, two of them she bought for me at a drugstore and, uh, by our house. So there was a supermarket called Vans and, and then there was a drugstore next to it and we would go in there. And in a little like roundabout kiosk, they had a book about, called The Blue and the Gray, about the Civil War, and another book about World, about World War Two. And I used to go, and she'd be, I don't know what the hell she'd do in the drugstore, whatever the hell my mother did there. But I would go, and I'd grab these books all the time, I'd look at them. And she bought me one, then she bought me the other. And so I think I was in second grade, and you see my name in it Michael McNamara, 4351 Stonehenge Way, Sacto, California. And our phone number was GA89077.
1: Right. Wow. Letters, huh?
0: Right. And then the other one book she bought me that I was fascinated by was I I want to say it's called the Book of the Civil War, and it had a, a maps and little figures drawn on the maps, formations, and then and, and and so you could see tactically where they went on at Gettysburg and you know at Bull Run and Devil's Den and all these different places. You'd see the tactical formations of these big paintings complete with individual, you know, soldiers and cannons. And I don't know if it was American illustrated, but I still have that. And and so books from when I was young. My mother uh, was the intellectual force in my life uh, in terms of encouraging me to study, encouraging encouraging me to go away to college and things like that. So books I'm attached to. Um, I got an email that forwarded me the article that Franz Geil wrote entitled, um. why the U.S. will lose a war with China over Taiwan Island. Um. Do you guys want to talk about that or not? I mean, we all know Franz, right? Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about that? Or just make, should we make fun of Franz and move on?
1: We should each have one sentence to say about the book and then talk about Franz as a Marine officer.
0: Because we all know him. Yeah. right we all yeah. know him
1: so um and i have to go first so i don't copy off any of you guys
2: well you know them the longest too
1: yeah well technically yeah
0: yeah so we were i mean this was forwarded to me and and whoever forwarded to me the article was indignant said that the article was treasonous mm-hmm. um, and was and was pissed um so in our pre interview meeting we decided we were not going to talk about this because we all know Franz, all right? Uh, yeah. And with, and Franz is a unique individual. So a sentence, right? And we'll stick to that. Kenny, you have to be disciplined for once in your life. Okay. Mm-hmm. One sentence I, out of you.
1: I, made, I thought some of the points that had to do with um, capabilities were valid, but I thought the tone of the article was needlessly uh, critical of the United States, particularly our history in regards to the Chinese for the last hundred years.
0: Is that one sentence? I, that might have been more than one, but that's no, all right, Timmy. You know, it was one thought, single thought. Timmy? In my
1: mind, I didn't go that's a period. <laughs> it's a comma. I went at the end, so that proves it. You know,
0: <laughs> good point well made. Um, Tim, one sentence about?
2: A dual subject sentence. I, I will try to get this get this in. Number one, I do not believe that many people in China feel like the fact that Taiwan is a separate country is an open wound in their hearts and they're very terribly upset about it, number one. Number two, I can't think of any time where we've gone into a conflict where we haven't overestimated the capabilities of the adversary, potential adversaries. So saying that if we fight the Chinese, we're going to get our ass kicked. That's what they said about Desert Storm. That's what they said about the march up. We, We kick ass first, then we kick our own ass. That's my only point.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Say that again. We kick so ass. We'll, we'll,
2: we kick ass first. Every time we kick ass first, then we hang around and kick our own asses over the years ensuing. But, uh, and I think that's what would happen with the Chinese first. I think we, I think we could mull them pretty good, quite
0: frankly. That is so s- succinct and profound, Tim. Well done. Well, yeah, one, I was- one sentence. <laughs> um,
3: Franz really denigrates uh, people on Taiwan because they don't want to be dominated by a horrific uh, um, genocidal communist regime. And he he dem- denigrates their desire to be free, and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. His quote is, the Taiwan Relations Act may not have been intended to give birth to Taiwan's renegade secessionists, but it has done (laughs) exactly that. As if escaping a a massacre conducted by genocidal maniacs like Mao, you're somehow disloyal to China. So that taints the entire thing for me.
0: I am... I don't want to be the nightingale here, but um, I, I, following in Jeff's footsteps, I think I will be the nightingale because he is the nightingale. Um, but when somebody writes the way he wrote this piece, he could make his intellectual points without, without the venom that he spews everywhere. Yep. And I think that um, the venom is unprofessional. I mean, he's a, uh, uh, I think he's a retired Marine officer. Yes. He is. Did he retire as a Marine officer? Yeah. Yeah. I I think that intellectually, I mean, we all know Franz is not a stupid guy, but, um, the venom that he spreads around, in my opinion, is beneath him as a Marine officer. And I thought it was embarrassing. And, uh, so, and we all know him personally. Um, so, uh, we will leave it at that. Um, I want to ask you a, a question about, uh, I was just, uh, last week I was in Hawaii. Um, I think it was last week, yep. And uh, got a chance for a couple of minutes anyway to go down and see Pearl Harbor. Um, in that whole, in the attack on Pearl Harbor, and I sent you guys a link. I don't know if you watched it, but if you haven't, you should. Yeah. But I, I found it really interesting because it, it was a target, kind of a target. Uh, it was a brief of... The targeting that the Japanese did—I'd never seen that in, in the depth that it, that, it, that the the video uh, did it—and it was bomb damage assessment um, uh, done, and it was very. I thought it was very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was struck by the narrowness of the channel there, right. and and if I'm not mistaken, the Arizona was on the back side of Battleship Row, right? There was. Yeah, it's
1: down on Fort Island. Yeah.
0: Right. So it was. It was moored, and there was another battleship next to it on the harbor side, right? Or was the Arizona on the outboard side?
1: Arizona was up against Ford's Island, right? Um, and, then- and so you
0: see the monument, and it looks narrow from where the monument is, which is astride the Arizona when it mm-hmm. sunk. And you and you look at it, and you think, "There's an, there was another battleship on this side of it, which would make right. it even narrower." So I was struck by that. But so let's just go around the horn again, Jeff. You could start what about Pearl Harbor? Do you find interesting?
1: Well, the same, same thing that, uh, that, uh, struck you, struck me about how close <laughs> the proximity to all the, all the ships were in when they, when they bombed it. And, um, I think the California was the one that was, you know, I, I was there in, uh, 2005 and, uh, 2004, 2005. And, uh, that's what struck me about it that that part and the fact like the arizona still leaking oil you know and uh and and all the twins and all the brothers that were on that ship like you had like triplets were on that ship and uh and then like you know i mean the sullivan brothers you know you think wow that's really weird five guys but that wasn't that weird a lot of times you know brothers are on ships and there's i think uh like at least eight eight or nine uh brother groups anywhere from 2 to 4 on the Arizona when it went down. So, uh, you know, that, that's the human part of it. The, uh, the, 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 the but the, I'll tell you the proximity because I was on the Bonhamer shard and the Bonhamer shard was right across from the Arizona, you know, and I'll tell you what, um, you could swim it in about, uh, you know, five minutes, you know, it was not that far at all. It's so close. Yeah. And, uh, that's what really got me about it, how close it is to the city, you know, to the uh, right there. It's like, um, I always had, I always had a more expanded view of Pearl Harbor. Like it was like a big, you know, like long beach or like, you know, Brooklyn piers or something like that, but it's not, you know, it's not, it's really close. And for some
0: reason in my mind, Hickam was inland somewhere miles away. I didn't realize it was like right next. And, and so you go and you see those hangars. That were blown up that day, and and you, as soon as you see it, you're like, "Holy shit, that's it!" Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, no, Timmy, how about you? I mean, is there anything about Pearl Harbor that, that you find more fascinating no, than, than others?
2: No, I, I mean, I, I think Jeff was mentioning. I think it was a California. Was it? Was it that? Was it that the ship that got underway and almost sank and blocked the whole thing? Because we had one, one of those, one of those ships. A couple of ships got underway. And I believe one of them had to beach itself in order not to block the channel yeah. into Pearl Harbor completely. That's
1: how I know. I was. bet you, Will knows. It about was that, the, no, it was,
0: it was the Nevada.
2: Was it the Nevada? Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I remember about it. But what what strikes me is the Japanese did a good, pretty good job placing those fish in the water. They did not have a lot of room to air as far as coming in with those with those with those torpedo bombers, which course, was a new technology.
1: You know that. Yeah, yeah. It,
2: yeah, and it was a new technology at the time. I mean, how long have how 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 long have we had torpedo bombers around the Japanese? Maybe three years. Pretty goddamn good. They did a good job of getting those fish in the water and spreading out the damage. Yeah. Well, but if you read
0: if you look at that video, they say they didn't that the attack. Um, they got they were confused. The attacks were supposed to be sequential. They went simultaneously, and they yeah. the, the, that that video goes through. That how many fish they shot, how many torpedoes they su- shot at each ship,
1: yeah. and
0: they shot way too many at at, at at the few targets that they had. And if you look at where the channel was, which is the West Lock of Pearl Harbor, and if you look at the way the the torpedoes had to go, it's a very narrow window that those torpedoes could run in. And so, mm-hmm. and then they talk about what the second wave, you know, hit. And I, I thought it was fascinating. And, and the, the video says in the video analysis that that ultimately, that that although it was this great surprise, you know, most of the ships at Pearl Harbor within what twelve to eighteen months, twenty four at the most, are back in action, with yeah. the exception of the Arizona and what the Oklahoma or, yeah. or, or something. And 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 that the they didn't hit the dry docks. They didn't hit the uh, the fuel because they thought right that their strategic assessment was. If you crippled the American fleet for six months, they don't have the spine to fight this thing, and this thing will be over. That was the strategic assessment and why it wasn't even on the target list.
1: Interesting. But I think they're disappointed they didn't get the carriers. I think
2: think what you just told me is watch the goddamn videos you sent us before I come on the show. Well, I no, it's just I'd never watched that, and I was just going off on memory because I just remember. Well, no, how and it was. I didn't,
0: because I had never seen yeah. this kind of detailed bomb damage assessment and then target analysis done in the aftermath. Which you know the guy's very yeah, critical.
2: I would have said they did a good job because of the narrow aperture of uh of, of their of uh being able to place the bombs, but damn, I'll watch the damn video next time.
0: No, it's no, I think it? no, you'll find it. I think you'll find it interesting.
3: Well, right, right. how you know, about you? What's interesting about this is. At Pearl Harbor, what are the strategic targets and what are the tactical targets?
0: Oh, strategic targets.
3: The strategic target is the fuel. The dry dock. And the dry dock. And the tactical targets are the platforms. Uh, And, you know, you think about how, you know, Desert Storm is sort of the classic example, or the bombing in Germany. We attempted to destroy uh, strategic targets power plants, uh, ball bearing factory, you know, is a famous one from World War II,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, with the idea that, that, that has a greater multiplier effect. And I mean, it's, you know, you can't, I'm not here to second guess. Um, but it is sort of interesting that in the end, uh, the ships, ship, we had ships that were getting ready to come off, uh, the skids due to the Naval reconstruct or the Naval construction
1: act of like nobody could have foreseen that. Even us, yeah. even we didn't foresee that. Yeah. Well, well, but like Mac was saying, they, they thought that we wouldn't have the stomach to, uh, yeah. You know, and yeah. they thought wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was interesting when they, when they, they talk about the targeting and, and the target analysis was that the oil fields were never even on their list of targets. And, That's and, hard to believe. It's because yeah, everybody
2: then, says the first thing you say. How could they miss this? Because you could look today and see all that those those fuel containers. are still there. Yeah,
3: yeah and I uh, I think I talked about it on the show a few months ago. I read a book about the Neosho, which was one of the the so one, true. two, or three fleet oilers. critical. It was just in the next year uh, in the war to be able to keep the limited. Uh, carriers that we had forward deployed
1: that's right. the good thing about tolls books because he covers that shit
3: yeah <laughs> never
1: hear about it baby. yeah well, it's it the, the
0: neo shows tied up on at fort island right
3: right it was there
0: it was there uh during the attack um, yeah I, no.
3: I think they got underway i don't remember i think they got underway very very soon they may have been underway during the attack I know they manned their guns.
0: The map, during- the map that I have says that they left Fort Island, and then they pulled into um, another po- another mooring site. You know, right on the on the on the bay side um, during that morning.
3: Yeah, I think that uh, if I remember the Neosho book, the CEO of the ship recognized that he had a floating bomb that they yeah. needed to move away from the rest. Uh, of the fleet that was there. Uh, Smart. So, yeah.
0: No, I, I had a chance to, uh, to meet the, uh, I I went to a reception. So I I went to, I spoke at the Pacific air force squadron commanders course. So they started doing them in person again. And so I I went there to do post-traumatic warning. And um, so that, so I, I spoke on Tuesday afternoon, Monday morning, the uh, General Wilsbach, who's a four-star, you know, air pack guy, he's the uh, Air Force Pacific Command. He's the CG there. And so in the, in the evening, they had a reception, and they did it at one of the barracks that was attacked, the biggest barracks. And I think I sent, I, I sent you guys the pictures of, you know, the, the chunks out of the wall and the flag that flew that day. And then I got a chance to meet the base historian. So I, I'm kind of geeking out over the history, and I'm talking to this mass art, and he They goes, got a
1: base historian, no kidding.
0: Yeah, and he says – he How goes, well, it? Mac, he goes, let me introduce you to the base historian. And I said, fuck yeah, I want to meet that guy. And and <laughs> so he brings the base historian over, and we shake hands and start talking. And uh, and he goes, so you're interested in history? And I said, well, yeah, you know, let me just – I was an instructor, you know – I had a chance to meet Dr. Lubos. He goes, oh, Jay Lu- Lubos. He goes, really? Yeah, yeah. He said, did you ever go on any battlefield tours with him? And I said, well, yeah. As a matter of fact, we yeah, did. And uh, um, yeah. Yeah. And so. Yeah, we did. And he said, well, look. He said, he asked me if I had any time. And I said, well, I don't this time. I said, but I'll be back in a few weeks. And he said, well, set aside a couple hours, and uh, and I will take you all over this island, and, and we'll do a staff ride on that morning. What happened? And I was like, fuck, Yeah. Um so yeah, then I gotta get him to introduce me to the Navy historian. Then the next time the third time I go back, I'll be all over that guy. Yeah, hey, yeah,
2: tell tell him to give you Hornfisher and Toll's uh, contact info. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so we think, gotta hear I I we gotta hear him? an hour or two with those guys. You know, it makes me think I should become the base historian for the basic school at Quantico. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do walkabouts, you know, walk around. You know, here we have Gray's Hall. Just stop. Yeah, have,
0: just stop. stop. Don't, don't See, tell this used to be known as the Tea Garden. Yeah.
1: yeah, this, yeah we don't, this is the original Hawk. You've noticed that the ashes have it's been burned to the ground and ashes have been plowed over. There. What did
0: they do what, when they when – they, did they take all the name tags out of the Hawk and did they put it back yeah, up or did, did they, they throw it away? I
1: think they got like books or something with all the name tags in them. I hope so. But it's like, uh, the Hawks, like a, it's not like it was,
3: Yeah, but now the bullpen
1: bar, of yeah. the bullpen of IOC is the Maloney room named after right. John Maloney. Right. And where we used to all bust yeah. each other's balls and shit is all, it's a bar and uh pretty good bar with a bunch of good memorabilia up there, you know? But um, I see. That's yeah. yeah,
3: the hawk. I was there only one time, and it, it's like a fern bar.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it is. I, I. In fact, I was in it. I didn't even think to look and see if that stuff. How could you get rid of that stuff, though? I mean, that stuff went back for uh, forever. Yeah.
1: yeah. The ghosts of Ray Dan.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <is still laughs> Jeffrey <still> Rodan. <laughs> the um, um.
1: Hey, Raybo, Raybo listens to the show. He right? does, yes, yeah, so yeah. be careful. Oh, well, I tell you what, I want his autograph, then. <laughs> <laughs> I have fond memories of Raybo. He was a good dude, man. And he remembers Remember, she he remember did, it's he, like, where's he got,
0: Raybo? He's on leave. Like, yeah, he's walking down the Appalachian Trail. Like, what? Yeah. Remember
1: that? He got another he three or four tattoos. And then he went to <laughs> Japan. He spoke, ja- remember that? He did that after uh, he left TBS. Became an English teacher in Japan. That's right. Sure. Yeah. God, he went, and I got him a job out in
2: uh, in Hellman. He was the he was the year before I showed up in Hellman. He was living in do doing projects. No he's shit. He's the guy that started. Oh yeah, he's the guy that started building up. Uh, oh, what the hell was it? God, this just caused so much of a hassle. Oh, he did it for for Kennedy. Oh, who's not who's the Kwa? Where was the, the the shithole place? We had to uh, go. What, we, we went and built what the, was there. what There's was the shithole
0: place in now Afghanistan?
1: Now's that. Now now yeah, now's it was nuts. He, 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 Tim, and I, I inherited said, that shit a couple oh, yeah. of podcasts ago. I swear to God, man, I was in Zad like fifteen times, and I had to use a fucking wag bag every time.
2: Oh so no way!
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Moose, you didn't have to because they had better port-a-johns and stuff. Yeah, well,
0: yeah, Moose, Moose is Moose just nah,
1: just nah, so yeah, very. Yeah, honest. yeah, but, 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 but yeah, Vermont and New Hampshire, <laughs> and you can't get, you can't go east west to either one of them. Cause the mountains that are in between, you know, so you got to go south or north, and nah, get. Matter of fact, me and Raybo took
2: a. We got on a on a on a fifty three Delta, the last of those. Whoa. Lincoln fucking flew it all over us the whole way up there, and uh, as he went and showed me, cause he, I had to finish it up for him, cause we sort of you know we lost a lot of uh material trying to get it up there, getting ambushed
1: and shit. It was a drive. Yeah, it was a rough. Well, you and Raybo would have been a good team, Tim. Yeah,
2: That's no, true. no, I just took over. He he went. Yeah, he we we I'd do a year, he'd do a year. I'd do a year, he'd do a year. That was what we were doing for a couple of years.
0: Dynamic yeah. duo.
1: Um, hey, Chip, remember the gray bush? Yeah, what am I wonder <laughs> <You guys laughs> be the the laughter over over reminiscing of the basic school echoing through the crags of uh nowzad, you know? Oh, shit. That AMP Hill right there in the front of Nowzad. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Do you guys want to talk about um in the time we have remaining, do you want to talk about um uh, General caselvi was suspended as the i g of the Marine Corps um almost a week ago, and uh um, General Thomas testified uh on monday uh He and General Olson testified um, Have you seen any of the stuff written about that and mm-hmm. Um, give us your thoughts on that as, uh, as this thing relative to the 50 mu continues to evolve.
1: Who's going first
0: you, you, you will always go first.
1: I think that, um, uh, that's, what's to be expected because, uh, the, the Mew is supposed to be the MSEs that, that supply resources and, and manpower to the, uh, to the MEF in order to put together a Mew they got to give a full up round and it was not a full up round that uh they gave the mef to give to chrome bronzy it was uh, and particularly the avs were very poor shape and uh and that you know that type of uh and the attitude of troops who get gear that they know is substandard it has to affect their uh you know their their performance you know, they don't give a shit about me. They gave me this thing and they, and everyone knows, I mean, we've been amused for years, like Will and me and everything you know, off and on. And, uh, it was like a fucking significant emotional event to get through that, that, uh, Oh, that inspection, of uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, initial LTI, all right. that stuff had to get done. And people were deathly afraid that they would not pass. Cause then people get relieved kind of like fucking up at CACs in the eighties, you know? And, uh, that, that was just gone, it seems like. So, I mean, Kaselvi's a good guy, but he, you know, that's what happens. You're in charge. And we both know the population involved in that. The chiefs of staff, the G4s, the fucking AAV battalion commander, you know, you wonder how much other stuff they had was like that. You know what I mean? So, so, so um, but just,
0: Kaselvi, suspended pending the results of – um. General Monday, Lieutenant General Monday's investigation, which uh, uh, I haven't, I haven't, heard, I haven't heard anything about when it's coming out. I don't know if I've read something that that speculated it was not going to take nine months to do, and I, they expected the results of that to come sooner rather than later. Uh, Tim, uh, any thoughts on on uh, mm-hmm. the, the Caselvi thing? And, and yeah, I don't know yeah, if you had a would... chance to to read or, or see anything about the hearings that. Uh, that General Thomas and General Olson uh, testified at.
2: No, no, I, I, I read the Marine Corps Times' article, article on this thing, and, and because of, of Jeff and Will's expertise, you know, they've pretty much, we've identified what the, the CG first mark div at the time uh, certainly fell flat. I'm not comfortable with how his relief has gone in place, though, because I, I read the article It said that the commandant made this decision. made this decision based on what? If he had made this decision based on the report, on the investigation when he first read it, and said, oh, no, no, I see the things that Will and Jeff saw. This is bullshit, and he's going too. That's one thing, but that's not what's happened. What's happened is they've got a lot of bad PR and a bad press, principally because they haven't been managing these, these families, doing what they're supposed to do as far as taking care of the families. And so I don't I don't like the method in which that this... The uh, the general was was relieved, you know, and 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 so we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll 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 have to see. I um I, I know that Greg Olson's just, <laughs> i just, you know, we'll we'll see. I, we we all know Greg; he's pretty 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 good citizen. I'm sure he'll get to the bottom of that. They'll uh, eventually work this thing out to our advantage, but I don't like it.
3: Well, uh, I'm reading. So there's some quotes from the testimony. So Olson testifies that they inspected the entire fleet. Fifty-four percent of the vehicles inspected had watertight integrity issues in the plenum doors. Fifty percent had inoperable uh, emergency lighting systems. So then General Thomas says failure is beginning to end. If we can, with our education system, our reporting systems, create an environment where people are comfortable I think we'll make a lot of headway towards the safety culture that we need. Well, I got to tell you something. We are so completely fucked up, it's unbelievable. Um, 54% of the vehicle's watertight integrity issues, 50% inoperable emergency lighting systems. And we want to talk about how in our education systems and reporting systems, we're going to create an environment where people are comfortable. Let's make some people uncomfortable. We're shit. (laughs) is not operable, yeah. you're fucking fired.
1: You yeah, the, the JLTI standard? has got to be a truth. you help. didn't
3: meet the standard, then you're fucking fired. And you gave these people shit? Let me see what your DERS report said beforehand. Were you reporting that this was condition code A? If not, you're not fired, you're fucking court-martialed. You know, oh, we, we're going to rework in our education system and our reporting system and make people comfortable. God fucking damn it. Nine people are dead, and we're worried about making people comfortable reporting operational readiness. That is a classified report That is a commanding officer, you sign. And every level in the chain of command looks at it. There's a guy in headquarters, Marine Corps, that's his only job. He's probably a lieutenant colonel mm-hmm. who does that. And then there's generals in headquarters that look at that thing and decide what we're doing with the force. And now we've got to make we've got to go back and make people comfortable reporting the truth. We're fucked
1: you should be impressed the test that
2: is classic That's- let's make people <laughs> well, uncomfortable
0: uh, you'll hear the two it, and a half General hours Sam
2: Riper make people
3: comfortable when he was looking at short reports. fuck no. You terrified us yeah the
0: the whole um two and a half hour hearing. Uh, or the vast majority of it I'll play on Monday. So if you if you want to hear it, I will I will play it uh for everybody listening. I will tell you this, I thought um, the House Armed Service Committee members let General Thomas and General Olson off easy. I'm I, sure I, they did.
3: I don't even have to listen to it. If that if this is what is in yeah, the article,
0: yeah, that's
3: it, well it's because those people are not serious people. Right they didn't read the investigation they didn't get their staff committee experts to tear the thing apart they actually don't care jackie spires is worried about a fucking headline she's not worried about dead marines <clears throat>
0: and that's what i found to be discouraging about it if 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 and and you know when you read the part uh, the quotes that say well maybe 20 years of you know being, uh, conducting dry land operations or whatever the context of that quote quote was impact has impacted our ability to do amphibious operations. When, when somebody doesn't say you guys, that's bullshit, right? That's bullshit. What we're, what we're looking at here is, is a lack of operational discipline, a lack of following your own SOPs, a lack of following your own orders, and you don't have a a, a climate in the Marine Corps where you have the the leaders that will stand up and say, we can't do this? What are you guys doing? And, and, And all that, none of that's even, you know, and so maybe it's the choreography of a hearing that I don't really understand. But let me tell you, if you don't get, if you don't solve the right problem, and the problem is not, the planetaries and the maintenance it's the leaders it's the leaders that accept this shit and if 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 you can't get to that then god help us because you know we're we're solving we're solving the wrong problems Um, and
3: i would say imagine imagine general barrow general gray general mundy general krulak uh any of them playing the victim card in front of congress Oh, well, we were busy for 20 years fighting a war. Mm. Give me a break. Yeah, un- un- Unbelievable. But we're the yeah. victims.
0: Well, of- wait a minute. But it's, you know, and I, Will said this on Monday, and that is, wait a minute. Aren't you with combat experience? Isn't that supposed to make you fucking better? Isn't that supposed yeah. to make you a better, harder organization? Because you know what it takes, right? And and you hear General Van Riper talk about him, you know, where all his – uh, the shit we didn't understand. His so adamant about standards and doing it this way and being like that all came from the casualties he took as a commanding officer of Mike Company, 3rd Battalion, 7th Marine. Seven, yeah. Hard lessons that you he, learned in combat about. Right, about pre checks, okay. about accountability, all that shit. And somehow or other, you know, so to me, I, I know it was very discouraging to read. You know, I
1: talked to Warren Jiggers today about it, you know, the same thing thing and uh he he said he got those two articles that i sent you guys right. and uh we're like he, he like the jtli the j you know lti that that's that's the truth teller that happens right when you lock on and uh, and and we both were remembering all the the avs from different companies having to pony up things uh 46s and 53s from other squadrons that weren't going on the mew ponying up their aircraft because the maw had to produce a full-up round for the MEF because it wouldn't be tolerated. And, um, you know, and that that's what happened. That wasn't enforced. And, and again,
3: a, a savvy congressman, you know, who's got some sort of person working for him that knows anything about the military, just tells the Marine Corps to shit the DERS reports, every yes. single one of them, for the 90 days prior to this chop and let's see what people were reporting and all those people that reported falsely sick nis right on them i mean that that is it it's and, and that's what congress is supposed to be doing you know they're the board of directors in some way seeing how were the the taxpayers money how is it allocated we allocated you money to ensure that this equipment was properly maintained and ready you reported through your defense readiness reporting system that it was ready or you didn't i got a feeling they reported it was ready and if they did then they lied and as a co when you sign off on something that you know is a
2: lie but there's no indication that anybody in congress or in the department of defense is the least bit interested in anything to do with this this and, is like operational stuff. This is not what's important right now.
3: Yeah, I got it. And it and, yeah. and we shouldn't worry about it. It's only what eight dead marines, one dead sailor in the defense of the nation. That's enough. Yep. And and we've got senior marine officers pretending that they're victims cuz we had to fight a war for 20 years. And if we can just make people comfortable in telling the truth, that's you know And I know Gary Thomas. I don't know him well. He's senior to me. I I knew him. He was a colonel. I was a lieutenant colonel. He was a one-star. I was a colonel. You know, I know him. But that's what he's basically saying, is that we have to make people comfortable to tell the truth. Really? I got to tell you something. The first day at the Naval Academy, they basically told you, if you don't tell the truth, it's going to be really uncomfortable for you for a short time. And then you're gone. It's not that hard. Uh, unbelievable! Well,
2: unbelievable! Maintaining that standard at a service academy is apparently very hard these days.
3: Well, yeah. yeah beyond all that, though, but yeah.
2: um, no, I know.
3: God damn!
2: Yeah, it doesn't take. Well, well, it, where does it, that come from? Where does that come from? We know these guys. We know both of those guys. What, well, where, like, where, well, where did they learn that language? Where did they start thinking in that kind it's of? The, it's, I, it is the
0: Kabuki dance. Of yeah, high-functioning exactly. conformists, and that's what we promote, and that's how you get what you got in Afghanistan, and that's how you get what you got in Iraq. We need more guys that will click off safe and say, well, Senator, let me tell you the truth. Boom, and here you go. Well, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I, and, like, and I mean again, I,
1: Ernest Hemingway said in the book, Across the River and Into the Trees, and our army obey like a dog and the best thing you can hope for is to get a good master and we don't have good masters up there and so consequently you know every every everything that happens up in congress is really its own theater, like you said, Matt, Kabuki theater. It's okay. Here's what. Here's the play we're going to put on for everybody right. today, and it's
0: all and and, it's, and as we said the other day, it's all rehearsed. The guys from OLA come over. We talked to this guy. You know, blah 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 blah. But this is the line. You know, it's all going to be choreographed, and, and this is what this is our message. And it's just and again, if Congress, if if, if they think that's the problem. You know, this environment where people feel comfortable, as Will said, you know, I mean, God, God help us. If we don't have the leaders that will do the right thing because you're responsible for everything that unit does and fails to do, that's heavy responsibility. If we don't have the young men and women, because we all, as we've said repeatedly on this program, it's not the Marines. The Marines will be anything we require of them. And so it's the leaders, and it starts at the general officer level, and it goes down. And if they're not interested in this kind of shit, then this is how you get what you get.
1: Yeah. And, I, I don't, and people will say to us and people will say to us, you guys really don't know all the ins and outs. Right. And you don't know. And so you whatever you don't know, you fill with conjecture. Well, yeah, we do that because you don't fucking tell us what's going on. You don't tell the American people what's going on. What really is going on here? How could they turn in a report saying this stuff is all good to go? But we don't they. But yet and the investigation comes out at what for, you know, 12 of the 13 AVs, not good to go. So how does that, you know, who's what,
0: lying? You know what? And, and so and so. OK, so wait a minute. So you expect me to believe that the people who puts an investigation motion that didn't interview anybody in the United States Navy, you expect me to believe that they have their ass and their brain wired together? Right. Fuck you, man. Or-
3: well, and not only just when you inspect the entire fleet of AAVs, 54% of them are leaking through the plenums and 50% of the emergency lighting doesn't work. I got a feeling those are combat deadlining type of issues.
1: Absolutely right.
3: And if if we would have done a Ders report that said 54% of uh, those, you know, I'm, I'm losing my vocabulary of all that. Uh, logistic stuff, marriage reportable or something item is combat deadline. Right. I, 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 if if that report was put through the headquarters and then sent through the Department of the Navy, and that didn't get someone's attention, either were complete idiots or it was falsely reported. And if it's falsely reported, I got to tell you something. if, You know, the commandant can get fired up about many different things, but the idea that someone reported completely wrong and that 54% of a pretty significant combat asset is deadlined. I want heads on spikes. I want a line of people outside the office. I mean, because if it's with AVs, what is it with LAV? Yeah. What is it with one or What is it with freaking M16s or M27s for all I know?
1: What is it with Ospreys?
3: Yeah. And so, duh. you know. But, and, again, and what again, you're, what I, you're, des- what to you're describing
0: to me is not a readiness problem. What you're describing to me no, no. is a leadership problem.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And, again, I live in the middle of the country in Kansas City, and, and I don't have anyone ever say to me, well, you don't really know what you're talking about. You've been out too long. And believe me, I recognize. I've been out for a long time. Eight years is is you know those are dog years once you're gone. Uh, but you know, riddle me that. Just pull well, the. It, it, this is another thing, Mac. It doesn't stand. You don't even have to get to the third question. Because you
2: know that you know the answer. You you know what's going on.
3: You know the answer already. And and don't tell me I don't love the institution. I absolutely do. It's been, right. you know, it's my professional life. It's my identity. But God right. damn it, this one is bad. Look, General Thomas and the idea that you send the ACMAC into this thing to take the first blow, I don't like that either. The commandant should be out there and saying, look, you know, pretty it ups so are going to be in the Washington Post. We're fucked up. This was fucked up. We fucked up. I fucked up. We are going to fix it. Here's how we're going to fix it. Uh,
1: but, but so, we so, so it. but if we you're are, the, if
0: you're the comment, and this is the and this is this is how poorly, I don't know if you even use the word manage, but you know it, why why was General Caselvi suspended from his job as the IG yeah. last Friday? Yeah, who thought
3: it was it wasn't because of facts, as it, Tim said. It was perception later mm-hmm. on.
0: Yeah. So, perception is reality, Matt. Don't you know? Oh, yeah. fuck. Don't even fucking know. <laughs> <even>. No, but, <laughs> and so to me, you know, I. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's predictable
2: it's, as a chlamydia outbreak at West Point, brother. That's all you have to say about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. That's all you can say.
0: No, it's, 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 um, it's honestly, it's troubling because it, it's just when you read those kind of quotes, it just it, it, it's like maybe I just don't know what's going on because those are not the quotes I expect to hear from Marines, from Marine leaders. Right. I do not expect that. I When somebody says, you know, is there a reason and, and well, you know, and, and, and tease up the 20 years of combat, you know what the right answer to that is? No, that's not an excuse.
1: Yeah, we're Marines. It's not even true, man. We're, 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 what we're Marines. What's the, what are
2: they focused on at the leadership level right now? I got a feeling it's got little to do with AAVs. Yeah, it's got a lot, got a lot to do with a lot of other bullshit.
3: The war's been over for the Marine Corps for how long? Eight, Since
1: eight, 2014 eight. or so. Six, yeah, yeah,
3: and, yeah. And there's there's a generation and a half, if not two generations of Marines. You know, this yeah. isn't 1973. This is 1983, in regards to Vietnam. Yeah, come on.
1: Yeah, it's like, and there's no, and we didn't send any AVs to Afghanistan. Yeah,
3: yeah. The, the The war's been over for that part of the force for a long time.
1: Yeah, if anything it should be in good shape. It's that stuff. I mean, it's old. Yeah, but you know.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, and you know, I wonder what the op tempo on that equipment has been. It, it can't be any higher than it was in the late 80s.
2: Mm. Can't wow. be.
0: No, it's it's not, but, right? It's MUSE, nope. it's CAXs, and that's the op-tempo of that equipment. And you can't yeah, t- Well
3: That stuff doesn't even cycle the CAX. All that CAX stuff comes right out of the EEP.
1: Yeah, it's the EAP. And the, I'll tell you, when I was out there, we did uh, we evaluated the uh, Special Purpose MAGTAF against 4th Marines at their ITX. And, uh, they had to get us, um, a waiver to, to use AVs even on the land because it was post this thing it was yeah. such bullshit.
3: So now we're going to do the theater of going all the way over here. Yeah. And you know, you, you, you're going to, I'm sure that there's a standard for how many drips per minute of leak that there can be. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the bilge pump will pump, whatever it is, 20 gallons a minute. And you, So you can have like a one gallon a minute leak or something like that. Well, mm-hmm. there'll be some jackass that says, no, you can only have a milliliter leak per minute because we're never going to do that again. That's, the, again, the completely that's wrong, a wrong answer. answer. yeah, Absolutely wrong
2: answer. And, and look but what you're talking great. about. We're talking about leadership related problems. And what was it three years ago that uh, General Furness, old Dawi got, took over the second Marine division. And the first thing he said is, Oh, oh wait a second. We're not doing. Remember that? Well, of course, you guys remember that. This is all connected. This is all connected.
0: No, and and and
2: they should have recognized what Dave was saying back then and started doing uh, a significant readjustment back then. In my opinion,
0: no, and you you watched the Navy go through the same thing, you know, with the Fitzgerald and the, you know, and and the um, and the McCain and and the McCain, and then. And then um am shard. That investigation oh, investigation's not oh, even yeah. out. That what's yeah. not even out. But but you watch them go through that and for every problem that was identified on the McCain in the, you know in, in the investigations that, that I read there's a leadership solution for every fucking one of those things. Right? Oh, so you've been up too long. All right. Then go get go get me so and so out of the rack and get their ass up there, right? You're going to go to sleep for two hours, then you're going to come back, and then you're going to go finish. I mean, there's a leadership. The the, the the one of the surface radars is degraded. Okay, right. Get two people. We're going to double the the exterior watch. Get them night vision goggles. Get them binos, and we're going to do it old school. There's a, there's a leadership for, solution for all of this, right? And and but we're we're not even discussing it. It's the environment to say. I mean, come on. You know, how do you coach moral courage to stand up and tell the truth? Where does that come from? That's supposed to come from <laughs> day. It's supposed to come from day fucking one about about understanding that you have the lives of other people in your fucking hands, and it's a serious business. And you better, you know, you better have the courage to say, you know, we can't go, we can't do this. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's in my opinion, um, it's it's troubling. Because these aren't the things that I expect to see. And, right. and so anyway. All right. What are you reading, Jeff?
1: Um, I picked up the book um, by uh, Hornfisher, um, The Ghost Ship, about the USS Houston and the Asiatic fleet right after Pearl Harbor in uh, the first couple of months of uh, 1942. I'm on Chapter 2 now. Like all the Hornfisher books, it's a page turner. It's very good. Uh, this ship suffered disasters, you know, and, uh, they, they fought very well. And, uh, I, I'm not at this part yet, but I know that, um, uh, the 1100 some odd tr- men that were on that ship, only like 273 survived the war because the ones, when the ship finally went down, the ones who survived were put into that, uh, that railroad project in, uh, Burma, you know, the, uh, the river Kwai thing, that same thing. And then, uh, and they were just bored to death. And so uh, it's a great book, and uh, and Horn Fisher is really passionate about it, as you can imagine. So, uh, like I say, I'm only on chapter two. I just picked it up last night, and I read it until I fell asleep last night. But uh, outstanding. Tim,
2: what are you reading? Well, I'm listening to The Bomber. Actually, I listened to The Bomber Mafia. It's a brand-new Malcolm Gladwell book. It came out, I believe, last Friday, but it's made to be a book uh, book on tape. It's It was produced to be um, something you listen to because there's lots of parts where he cuts away to listen to the people he's talking about in actual interviews, speaking for themselves. So there is a book out on it, but it's meant to be listened to on, on a book on tape. And it was awesome. And it's about something I never really knew much about, which was these uh, Army Air Corps officers in the interwar uh, periods come up with this theory of hitting things. Like the barbarian factories in Germany, that's exactly. It's one of the more famous ones, and how they ultimately failed. And Curtis Lemay came in and <laughs> and did exactly the opposite of what what the bomber mafia had envisioned Visionaire Power would do. But it's a it's an interesting, you know, Malcolm Gladwell. Of course, it's right. really really interesting. Yeah. Well,
3: uh, let's see. In the last couple of weeks, I've read uh, three books. I read A Man at Arms, that novel by Stephen Pressfield. That's good. Uh, it's a good book, you know. Uh, I read a book called "The Last Enemy" by a guy named Richard Hillary. He was a Spitfire pilot, Oxford guy, Spitfire pilot at the beginning of the war, and it's sort of a, a a literary sort of book. And he talks about being at Oxford and sort of the pre-war attitude, and and then being a Spitfire pilot. Eh, not bad. Uh, I find out later he, he's wounded pretty badly and he ends up dying uh, in a plane crash before the end of the war. I read a book called The Hundred Year Walk, and I don't have the author's name. It's about the Armenian genocide during World hmm. War I and immediately following. And It's, uh, it's a, a woman whose grandfather uh, is, was drafted into the Turkish army, the Ottoman army, And an Armenian labor battalion ends up uh, being a participant as they're marching these Armenians into Syria and massacring them. And he gets away and she picks up the story. And so it's a parallel biography of one chapter about what he was going through and then one chapter how she's sort of putting it together. And, uh, uh, you know, it's something I'd heard about the Armenian genocide, didn't know anything about it, really uh, well worth reading. And then I just picked up a book called A Question of Power by a guy named Robert Bryce. And the subtitle is Electricity and the Wealth of Nations. And it's uh, sort of a study of how you can measure modernity via how much electricity people consume and why it's so important. And I think the book is basically going to get to the end and saying, we've got the greatest thing in history, and we're about to screw it up, thinking that we can do everything with wind and solar panels. So a uh, different kind of a book, but very interesting.
0: Uh, when was it published?
3: Pretty recently. Uh, 2020.
0: Wow.
2: You guys you guys ever went into Mitch Beyonditch when you are on active duty? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You you talked to Mitch for a while. You hear all about the Armenian genocide. Yeah. Boy, that was something he never. That was something he would still talk about. Uh, obviously, uh, something close to his family history.
3: Yeah, the, the the story of this guy is unbelievable. I bet how he escapes and you know makes his way across the Syrian desert, and it's really an unbelievable story. And then how she puts it together is also pretty unbelievable. So a really good book. 100-Year Walk.
0: Yeah, I'm not reading anything. I'm reading Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, as always, I have to tell you, I'm I'm disgusted. Um, I, this stuff, uh, when you listen to those readiness numbers that we'll cited and whatnot, um, uh, it's an organization that we're all incredibly proud and passionate about. Um, I've never seen tougher guys in my life than um, the guys you know that that uh, I saw fighting Iraq and Afghanistan, and they they didn't do it when it was convenient. They didn't do it when they got around to it. They they did it any time that you called on them. They answered that, and that's our legacy, and that's uh that's that's why we gravitated to the organization. We got raised by guys who were post Vietnam guys, and there was no there was not one bit of fucking around in them. And they taught us, and 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 they, you know, all the chicken shit stuff they made us do. The Marine Corps way of, you know, when you took something over, it was cleaned, it was it was polished. You took care of it. You accounted for all your shit, right? Everything. That was the, I mean, and now to hear these kind of things, I, I have to tell you, it's very disturbing. And uh, and, and and Congress doesn't sound like they're going to be any help either. So uh, I hope there's some uh, sort of inward look, serious inward look uh, in, in in, in, it has to start in the officer corps of the Marine Corps. And, uh, so, uh, say a prayer that that happens. Anyway, thank you very much, men. And, uh, I'll talk to you next week.
2: Uh, All right, man. Uh, Good office.
0: More of All Marine radio coming up next, right here on your home for it. The all warrior radio network. That'll do it on this Thursday. Um, I don't know that I have anything else to add to that. I think you, I think in, in the tone of the voices, you can hear the level of concern. And it seems like every time we go around the corner, at least according to us, we see the wrong thing. We don't see people standing up there saying the right things. We see people standing up making excuses. And, you know, let me tell you, you, know, you heard Will say it. Go pull those reports and see what people signed off on. You want to send the right message of accountability? The people that signed off on false reports, court they their ass too. Whether you had anything to do with this incident or not. And you'll send a message about accountability. You'll send a message about inspecting. You'll send a message about being a, the steward of... Uh, the steward of... Uh, congressional money, and let me tell you, if Congress appropriated that money and somehow it got hijacked to different resources so that these things weren't sourced appropriately, then those general officers, their heads should roll too, whoever made those budgetary decisions. But yeah, go ahead and deep dive on this shit. Go dive into those DERS reports. Find out what people signed off on. I mean, Will's, Will's point is absolutely, positively valid. So, anyway, have a great day. I'm Mike McNamara, the Submarine Radio, on the All Warrior Radio Network. If I could help you help somebody, uh, don't be afraid to reach out. It's what I do. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you, I, I, I do two seminars a week online, Zoom events. And I'll tell you, if you could... If you could um if you could sit and listen to the things people say, uh it would li- literally take your breath away. Um so if you understand post traumatic winning, don't be afraid to stick your hand out and help somebody who's who's struggling down in the valley of the shadow of death. Um there is no greater calling on this planet than to help somebody else. And I'll tell you this stuff I see every week. Um literally takes your breath away so again um don't be afraid to reach out if i can help you help anybody else let me know on that note this program repeats itself momentarily so don't touch that dial have a great day Uh, will's actually flying in uh this morning and uh, jeff and i and will have dinner tonight so uh looking forward to that anyway have a great day i'm out